Okay, and welcome back to our 17th episode of CC Talks. Uh, hi, everybody. We've got our usual group around the table. And before we, uh, we go in, first of all, I hope you all had a great week. There's a lot of things happening in the, uh, in the sports world. Um, so uh, we're going to talk about, obviously, uh, impending events with the Champion uh, League final coming up. But um, first of all, let's do our registrar. So, uh, Miss, uh, Miss Burns. Here, sir. Well done. And Mr. Powell. Present and correct. Good stuff. And uh, Mr. Smith. Yes, sir. Good job. Okay. And uh, hey, Jack, you've got a great can of, uh, what's that? Is that Pepsi Max? Pepsi Max. Well, yeah, he's yeah. got the Champions League Champions uh, League sponsors. Other colours yeah. are available. They yes. are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Okay. So uh, we've, got a, we've got a lot to discuss today because there's, uh, although it's the end of the season, there's a lot going on. So we're going to start with the um, KPMG came out with their usual annual club valuation. And uh, I know we're going to come on to, obviously, some elements of the, the, the valuations and, and, and certainly our quant later on. But first of all, I mean, this, this has brought up a few, few decent points. And Jack, you've been working away at this particularly. Whoever wanted to, I mean, just talk us through some of the salient points of this and then we'll go into more detail uh, and pick one or two of the areas to discuss. Yeah, so I think um, from, from the research this week, I've been, I've been finding that the total enterprise values have risen to 36.6 billion euros, which is a 3 billion increase from last year. And this is the value of the top 32 clubs um, of valuation in, in Europe. Mm, yeah. So I think it's before, before we go any further, it's probably good to point out that the valuation considers profitability, broadcasting rights, popularity, sport and potential, and stadium value. Mm, okay. And the data used for, for this, um, this set of data was, uh, came from the 2016-17 and 2017-18 season. Right, so, okay. The the biggest point that was that, that's out there is that Madrid have actually overtaken Man United. Man United were at the top for three years, and Madrid have overtaken them with now having a set in enterprise value to be about three point two two billion euros. So mm. just to to help um, listeners, that the enterprise value is essentially the the value that you might expect to pay to buy that club. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Madrid's become Madrid's the most, Madrid the most are now yeah. in, in Europe. Yeah, they're now top. Um, although the data was collected in seasons where they won back to back Champions League, so it's um, from what I've read, they reckon the enterprise value has probably been boosted by about ten percent because of that. Mm. So it's it, it's always there or thereabouts. But off the last two off the last two seasons, why don't they deserve to have the highest value? They've won the Champions League twice. Um, the top ten out of the top ten teams, n- notable number six of them are English. Yeah, yeah. Nine of the thirty-two in total are English, and the English clubs actually account for forty-three percent of the total aggregate value of the thirty-two teams, yes. which is huge. Mm. Well, it shows shows the investments paying off in, yeah. in the long game. So it's uh, Madrid top, Man United second, Munich have gone above Barcelona. Barcelona have dropped out. I find that surprising. It's Barcelona who have dropped out of the top three for the mm. first time since the since this type of data was beginning to be collected, yes. which is a big change considering that in the last few years they've won. Um, I'm pretty sure they've they've won the most leagues in the last ten years anyway in Spain. They've won the league last year. They've they they tend to be the winners of the Copa del Rey. I know they didn't win it this year after obviously they got knocked out by Liverpool and had a bit of a meltdown, but. The last couple of years, they've always been successful in that. Um, Man City are the next English club, which huge investment, huge development to the stadium. It's understandable why they're there. 
Chelsea, followed by Liverpool, followed by Arsenal. And Spurs have came in at, um, above Juventus. They've knocked Juventus down the spot, which is a bit of a surprise. Um, but yeah, it's, it's quite interesting, obviously. And what are they, what are they throwing into the mix? Well, yeah. I, think, I think the big thing is obviously the sporting potential. Yeah. Because they've now gone on a run in the Champions League. They've been getting better year after year yeah. after year, challenging for the title the last few years, even though they normally tend to drop off. Huge stadium value, mm. which is which even though it's collected from previous seasons, would it have been taken into account because it was planned? Yeah, because that, yeah. that won't count Tottenham's new stadium, will it? Um, well, it's previous from seasons. what it's saying, it wouldn't count. But no. then if it was planned for previous seasons, is that data that would have been considered? Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not 100% Good sure point. on that. Good point. Broadcasting rights, Champions League year after year for the last few years, that's gone up for Tottenham. Yeah, that's why um, Celtic have got it, is it? Yeah. Because of the well, broadcasting rights? That's what I was thinking. Celtic, yeah. uh, the first time they've been in from Scotland, mm. it's pretty notable. But obviously now they've won back-to-back trebles. This this season's treble wouldn't have been taken into account, but with Rangers obviously dropping off, Celtic have been so dominant in Scotland, playing the Champions League every single year. Yeah, it's popularity. Yeah, popularity, huge popularity in Scotland and obviously Ireland. Um, but that's just that's probably the reason why they're in. There's a lot of factors that are taken into account, but I think from from the top ten teams to have six that are English is a huge achievement and reflection on how dominant the Premier League is. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, we were, we were listening earlier on to an interview with, uh, with, with John Henry. Uh, obviously, he's over for, the, uh, for the, the, the final. And, you know, I mean, they've been in there seven years. The, the long game, I mean, you know, Bromovich, the people, if you're investing in it, this is a long game. Yes, it's an arms race when you're in those top, you know, top sort of 10 positions, I suppose. But it's, it's also, it's the longevity. It's an investment that will bear fruit. And of course, you know, you're constantly investing into whether it's the stadium or the players or, you know, um, but it's, uh, yeah, the key to it is, is, is the, is the, um, the valuation, you know, um, input on what, what's going into that valuation, you know, yes. the indicators. Um, so, uh, good. Okay. And then, uh, obviously, I mean, I know, uh, Mr. Sartori from KPMG, um, was saying 9% growth in the last year yeah. in the football industry. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's. Now that's coming into broadcasting rights. It's obviously coming into you know the the the, the wages or the, uh, the 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 cost of players. You know the marketing of players. How um, many other industries have growth at that rate? Well, this is it in the, in this you know in this economic climate. Yeah. You know, it's, I uh, highly doubt that there's that many. It's pretty impressive, to be honest. And I suppose from an investment point of view, but you know you can't you can't compare the two really. Be, you know if you look at the say the FTSE one hundred mm. over over a one year period, you know it's. It's fallen, so yeah. but you can't necessarily time, yeah. invest your your money into a a sort of a, a basket of, of football clubs mm. at present. Mm. Maybe that's something we should look at. Mm. Maybe there's some way that you can do that, um, and uh, and then get a return. Mm-hmm. But mm. uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's an industry that's certainly on on the rise. I think if you if you're going to look at the other factors to be taken into account when you're looking at the nine percent growth. And then you're saying that um, the staff costs have grown too. If you take another fact into account, staff costs have grown too. The biggest, the biggest point with that is that it's the staff cost to revenue ratio, which is increasing year on year on year with player wages. Um, um, yeah, to clarify, this and, is... Yeah. And you said, you said 63%. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, so 63% of gross revenues 
uh, are taken up with staff costs. Yeah, that's the roundabout figure. Yeah. Is that the average figure? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, now <coughs> that that's interesting because that's incredibly high, mm. isn't it, compared to mm. other Massive. industries? I mean, you would normally say, you know, your, your normal target is somewhere I would guess, you know, between fifteen and thirty percent, yeah, for for staff costs. Um, but then, in other, this is why football is unique. In other industries, profit is in some respects more important than it is in football because with clubs certainly at a certain level you might not include the very top clubs in this because profit is is important to them and particularly if they're on a stock yeah, exchange yeah. of some description um but you know for sort of mid-tier premier league clubs that aren't publicly traded you know what do the supporters expect you to do mm. they don't mm. want you making a profit they want that money With going power, back power back, in. back into the buying more players or yeah. getting a better manager or or whatever so it's a very unique industry, you know, to, to have a 9% growth over the last year is high. But then, you know, the staff ratio, the staff cost ratio to mm. against um, revenues is incredibly high as well. But they can get away with it, you know, because they don't have, most clubs don't have public shareholders and looking for divvies mm. Uh, mm. or owners looking for divvies. Mm. You know, it's, it's, yeah, the owners accept the only time they're going to get a return on the money is if and when they eventually sell, yes. isn't it? Yeah, get the capital appreciation. Yeah, which but is it, where your enterprise values come in. Yeah, but it's interesting also, Jack. I know you you were talking there about the uh, uh, obviously on Tottenham. Yeah, you? I mean we're talking about staff costs, but Tottenham coming at at thirty nine percent. Yeah, lowest now, of the thirty two teams that have actually had that have had this data recorded. Yeah, and now they're they're obviously you know they're in. So they must be spending their money on something else. Well. Like a brand new stadium. Exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. Exactly. But also, you know, Daniel Levy's, you know, we, you know, in the industry, is very, is very careful. You know, he, he, he has, you know, very they say the players aren't on massive wages, but they get, they get remunerated in various ways. But, um, but it's interesting that they haven't spent any money in the last winter transfer, nor in the summer transfer uh, window, and uh, yet they're in the final of the Champions League. It's, it's. You Tottenham have grown year on year on year with the players, but to have staff costs that low. In comparison to other big European clubs who haven't been as successful, it's it is it is quite a, it's a shocking stat if you compare them to other clubs. Considering the Tottenham are now above Juventus mm. in overall enterprise value, but the staff costs are so low. So, but if staff costs are thirty nine percent, okay, that you know obviously that's well less than the you know sixty odd percent this, uh, on average. Um, but it's still a high figure, isn't it? So, uh, you know, the fact that, that you're spending that amount of money, you've got to try and get a return on on that investment. It would suggest that, that you know, if they're being successful, they're going to the top four, they're in the Champions League final, they are doing, they are, uh, you know, allocating their capital smarter than other clubs. Because one of the things that, you know, came through from the KPMG report which you know, I think we have a, a little bit of a debate about mm. is 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 how they determine squad value yeah. and, and what you know and how they they look at, at the value of players and almost say that that's directly correlated you know the amount that you spend on a player it's his his market value is directly correlated to success mm. in some way mm. you know we we would say that's not not necessarily the case and and Tottenham kind of proves it because at thirty nine percent rather than sixty three percent yeah. You know, they're having more success, a bigger bang for the book, aren't they? You know, absolutely right. And you know, okay, take managers out of it. 
you know, because obviously Pochettino, there's got to be an element there of with that, with no no new players in, you know, same squad for the last couple of years, you know, obviously that puts an emphasis on the manager. But it, but coming back to what you were saying, James, is it's right. The, the, this is where we we're pointing out that the, the the sort of the factors that relate to their valuation. So the things that that KPMG are considering, we know within the quant, yeah, are are totally different. I mean, yeah. they're relevant. They're relevant to this survey. Well, well their squad valuation. value is 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 an aggregated market value of each individual player in, in yeah. that particular club. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and and so it's 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 a market value. Correct. And so they're then trying to understand well, you know, can we build a, a formula or something that that takes into account the different things that might impact on on market value, mm. like contract length, age, nationality, things like that. So they're trying to determine this market value, and we get that because if you're trying to find a, if you're trying to work out the enterprise value of a, a of a club, then you know market value of its players is or estimating that yeah. is is important. But what that doesn't do is it doesn't determine how valuable those players are for the team winning football matches. Yeah. And Tottenham yeah. shows that perfectly well. Mm. That actually, you know, we, we obviously have an intrinsic value, so that's what that measures. It's it's the value that the player has to the club because of his ability to help the club win football yeah. matches. Yeah. And so, you know, Tottenham <coughs> Tottenham players will have a high intrinsic mm. value. In mm. this in this report we'll have a or you know they don't do intrinsic value, yeah. but in our eyes they've got a high intrinsic value, but a relatively low market, market value mm. in, in, in our our version. Their their market value might be might be higher, but you know the staff costs are, are lower com- in comparison to that. So it it's not it doesn't quite fit because the, what KPMG are doing is they're trying to draw this direct correlation between the amount that you would have to spend on a player and, and success on the pitch and that's not quite right. Mm. The amount that you would spend on a player have to spend on a player is more directly correlated to an enterprise value. Correct, it is. Okay? Yeah. So so they're kind of mixing three things up that don't actually sit together as, as you know in, in one hub. Mm. I mm. think that can be reflected when you look at AC Milan. So yeah. AC Milan over obviously they were so dominant in Europe for so long, had a great squad, but then have dropped off. Yes, they had the turmoil with ownership, but the other issue is is that their staff costs have are rising at a rate of eleven percent in comparison to their overall growth of four percent, and they're trying to pump in money to get back to that level where Spurs have managed to get to, but they're doing it in a different way. They seem to be pumping money into the club to buy players who they think are going to get them there, but they haven't got them there, and they're spending the money. And increasing staff costs without the success that then balances it out, mm. which I think a lot of the Italian clubs have done when you've seen almost the fall from grace yeah. over the last 10, 15 years, other than Juventus. Yeah, well, I would, that's where it's interesting looking at you know, popularity, that's where Juventus will have got a few ticks in the box, obviously, mm. with their, you know, the following. But also, does, does you know, with the popularity and also the broadcasting rights, it falls, that falls just outside of the individual clubs. It actually falls to the you know, like the Premier League, La Liga. We know La Liga's been pushing heavily for the, certainly for the, the, the Asian market. Mm-hmm. We know also Bundesliga have been pushing out there. So, you know, is it incorporating that as well as in, you know, the broadcasting rights popularity? But the other thing is, as we well know, stadium values. Stadium values are only valuable to the club or to another football club. Well, you know, if, 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 if that stadium came on the market, What's it going to be? You know, well, there's a perfect example. So, we, we obviously we don't know the detail enough, um, and we won't want to necessarily get into that detail. But obviously, it was uh, reported this week that um, 
Middlesbrough have, have asked questions yes. about uh, a transaction involving the owner of Derby County mm. buying Pride Park yes. for 80 million, 80 yeah, million, and then leasing it back to the club mm. um, and, and questioning whether that is, is a, a true, transaction at, at true or true, fair, fair market value. value. Correct. And, um, and, you know, and that's the thing, you know, mm. it's, it's valuing these assets, but trying to value these assets in a realistic way. There's always this incentive, isn't there, to try and keep bumping these <laughs> figures up. Yeah, it's like yeah. you know, stock markets yeah. sort of yeah. you know, trade to a certain extent on, on you know, wanting to, to keep you know, hitting the next target level and beating mm. that, you know, mm. that level. And there's an element of that here as well, I think. That, um, that no, I agree. Does this really reflect the reality of the situation? Yeah. Um, you could always argue that well, if you use you know one formula for one club, and yeah, there's the a constant. For another, then there's a constant. Could, you know, they are constant. Yeah. Could be consistently yeah. bad, but at least they're consistent. They're constant. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think that. it would be interesting then if you're talking about stadium value to try and understand what Inter Milan are doing that is so different to AC Milan. Because as, in, as AC Milan's enterprise value is dropping so much mm. over the years, so I think what I was looking when I was reading was an estimated 57%. Mm. Inter Milan's value has actually risen by 41%, but they share a stadium. Mm-hmm. They share the same stadium. Mm. So, mm. And that would be good to see how they're valued, see their strategy of what their staff costs are, their breakdown to see what the huge difference is. Because success-wise... Both clubs haven't been hugely successful in comparison to each other over the past few years. And when it came down to the last day of the season for Serie A, at half-time during the, last, during the last game, Inter Milan, I think, was sat in fifth or sixth, when it, AC Milan were actually sat in fourth, which would have been a Champions League spot. But as the results changed in the second half, Inter Milan got fourth place and AC Milan finished fifth or sixth. Mm. So that proves how tight they are in league success but yet how far away they are for enterprise value, mm. which off the pitch they must be doing something dramatically different. Good point. And then point. obviously if you look if you're looking online at the KPMG report, this is then followed up by other two two clubs which have got huge enterprise value growth, Liverpool and Spurs, mm. who happen to be the two Champions League finalists this year. Mm. Yeah. Liverpool's growth of thirty three percent, Spurs' growth is thirty one percent, and they've both got record levels of pre tax profit. 136 million for Liverpool, 157 million for Spurs. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if this data is taken from 2016 17 and 2017 18, that won't yeah. include the stadium. So, how, the, how would that, how has Spurs got themselves into a position to make that much money without the stadium being included? Because they're. Well, they, they, yeah. they, they keep the highest variable costs low. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. if they're not buying players, you know. Um, so, I mean, I think they should be almost taking the stadium out of it. Take the stadium out and then it'll become a little bit more you know, level playing field. But, um, but it, 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 has the, it has the factors across the board. So, um, good, Jack. That's a good, good piece of work. And, hey, I mean, there's, uh, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, detail in, uh, in, that, in that report, as we, we know. Um, and it'll be just interesting to see. It'll also be interesting to see, we were talking in the office earlier on, Juventus, obviously, with the, uh, with the share price, you know, it is volatile, but once they announce their manager, and I know we're not going to talk about managers this uh, this podcast, but once they announce the manager, and some people are saying this, sorry, but you know, if it's a real, if it if it is, then I don't think that'll affect the share price too much. If it's somebody else that they're not expecting, then you'll see the share price, you know, hopefully uh, lift lift up because it's it's taken a bit of a dip. Um, but these are you know these are all things that uh, 
effectuate the market. So uh, we'll come on to that. Now, we're also going to talk about um, uh, staying with clubs. Uh, we're talking about takeovers. And uh, there's been various rumours going around. But things are, things are starting to get a little bit more serious at, uh, at your club, Jack, at Newcastle. Um, I don't know when we'll, we'll hear a, an announcement. But uh, I know, obviously, uh, uh, Mr Ashley and his team are being fairly coy at the moment. Uh, as negotiations are going on, presumably, but we we think now that proof of funds are being given and satisfied, the satisfied Mr. Ashley, um, we 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 believe it seems um, to be that yeah, way. Yeah, and uh, and the Premier League and uh, FA are going through their directors known as tests and uh, their usual due diligence. So uh, what I mean, you're close. You know, obviously, I know you're part of that part of the world. But what's what's the what's the talk on the on the terraces, so to speak? Everybody's everybody's obviously very very happy. Yeah, be excited, are they? they, they oh, Including yeah. Rafa. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited at the possibility, but it's happened before where where there's been rumours coming in, and until yeah. it's a, until they're confirmed and they're stood on the pitch, I don't think anybody will be truly believing it properly. It's the the club is staying very very quiet. The Premier League are yet to comment. The club have only admitted that there are talks ongoing, but haven't said anything. But yet the the consortium from um, the yeah, away, yeah, that are coming in, mm. they've made comments um, to news outlets that seem to have leaked it from uh, the UAE, saying that proof of funds was proved months ago, and that there was uh, discussions have been ongoing, he- like heads of terms yeah. have been agreed, which would make sense as to why they're now at the stage of having the directors fit and proper test mm. coming in, working out. Will the, will the pass? Well, hopefully. Um, but then again, this is the same group, looking at it from a pessimistic view, that is, this is the same group that tried to buy Liverpool for £2 billion last year. So, and, so uh, fervent Newcastle supporters in. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. But they, they had the issue, apparently, the, that was rumoured that their issue was proven, proven funds. Yeah, Which, well, a slight difference, isn't there? Three hundred and fifty yeah. mil to, to, two, to billion. two billion. There's so, a difference, but um, you can always. I'm just going to stay positive for now. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, you know, hey, if it happens, it'll be great news. Uh, certainly, if it, it'll give some stability to Newcastle. And look, if they're coming in, you know, uh, again, another member of the the UAE. Um, there's, there's, you know, there's already a, a good blueprint of what can be done with the right, you know, the right strategy and the right. Uh, I mean, investment. how much do you know about it? I mean, because well, both of you said, look, you know, it, it's a good thing for Newcastle and it's going to bring... But how much do you know about them? I mean, you know, who's to say that actually under Mike Ashley it hasn't been stable? Okay, you've yo-yoed a little bit between Premier League... Financially, and, and, it's been stable. And, ...and Championship. You know, these guys could come in like Anton did at, uh, at Reading and promise the earth and, and then decide that they've, you know, they've fallen out with it or they don't fancy it anymore and, and, and then stop spending. When, mm. you know, having... Owners that are supposedly rich, but you know, do things perhaps on a whim, and they they looked at Liverpool first, you know. Yeah, like but I think that I was referring more to you know following the model that Sheikh Mansour has done with your team. Yeah, but who's yeah, yeah but, but do we know enough about these guys to 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 think that that's that's the model that they're going to follow? Are they are they going to build a a campus? Are they going to sort of you know well, regenerate not, a, certainly a not going to not going to do the St James's no, not the space. Not. No. Um, build a campus around the outside, no. but. Um, but you would hope you would hope they are you would hope and I mean again it is you would hope that they would look at if they're coming in seriously to look yeah. at the Premier League they understand the, the the what it takes if they're ambitious and remember this is is this a uh, a situation that they want to you know 
uh, you know, within the Arab world, and I'm not an expert on, on you know, uh, sort of Arab relationships, but there is a lot of posturing and a lot of positioning to, you know, be able to have, you know, obviously Sheikh Mansour has gone in there and done a great job with City Football Group. You know, I'm sure other Arab states and Arab, Arab uh, uh, you know, uh, business people um, would, would want to come in and, and, and show that they can also do it. Yeah, um, I, I think now whether you know, that's in the I, UK I, or no, whether I, I, it's in I Europe, think it's, I think I think really, yeah, it's anybody who isn't actually. I think that's the thing, isn't it? I think everybody who's I, who's I, a Newcastle fan's just quite happy to see the back of them because the potentially see the back of them. That is because the the relationship that he's got with the fans is non-existent. The relationship that he seems to have with everybody else at the club, including the the most arguably the most important person there. For taking the team forward at the minute, which is Rafa Benitez. Yeah, we wouldn't. He's got no relationship with him. Hasn't signed him up to a new contract. Doesn't put, doesn't put any funds into the into the transfer market, um, other than the odd person. It's just there's a lot of factors to be taken into account that means that essentially he is hated. Mm. Okay, and Rafa, and I'm assuming if, if of course you know another club that we were talking about a few minutes ago that hadn't put an awful lot of funds into either the transfer market or player wages have, have struggled this year. Yeah, I mean, Tottenham have obviously struggled <laughs> there, you know, like putting transfer money in there. I mean, it's not as if they spent the, I, I the think, money that they got for I think it's a it? case of, you know, for my, you know, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. You want, yeah. you know, there's, a, there's unhappiness and unease yeah. about the Ashley era and, you know, you, you know they're passionate supporters. Mm. You know, mm. I, I love you know, going to football matches when the you know Newcastle fans are there as away fans, it's just a great atmosphere. But you know, how much do you know about this yeah, guy? Yeah, good point. Yeah. And and is he you know, are they really going to be better than, than Mike Ashford? Mm. How much you did Man know City know before Mansur came in? Well, I mean it happened, that's, it's the risk, yeah, isn't it? It is, it is. It happens so quickly. But I, I would argue that that was back in two thousand and eight and you know, um yeah, football has, as a business has changed dramatically yes, over, that, over that period yeah. of time, and I think there's ways now of being able to get an idea of, of, of you know, it's like Gillette and Hicks at Liverpool. Mm. You know, mm. in 2008, they would have seen brilliant, okay? Well, when they first came in, it would have seen brilliant. Um, but by the end, they were hated and, you know, and it, it didn't work out. You know, they got lucky with, you know, yeah. with, with Fenway. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, we're coming into our Mourinho minute section, um, which is uh, always a popular one, and uh, we try to keep it to at least five minutes. Um, so, uh, Chelsea, what's been, uh, what's Mr. Mourinho been busy this week? Because he's got a lot coming on. He's got a big final to uh, to do. Yeah, so he is a pundit um, for being sports um, the Champions League final tomorrow with Arsene Wenger. Oh yeah, who, and um, his mates. Yeah, yeah, best friend. As both, they haven't had the best history. Hmm. Um, yeah, but they're probably uh, well. It's probably different when they're actually out of management at the moment, and, uh, and when they've got a few hundred thousand uh, for every hour they spend on being sports. So, uh, but no, hey, it's um, there's obviously a, a rivalry, but um, I'm sure they'll they'll be you know, good with pundits. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of history between them two, but that's also that's also you know that gets the eyeballs. People will be yeah, in to exactly. see how they get on. Yeah, I mean, I'd, 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 I'd rather watch that yeah than watch BT Sport. 
There you go. Yeah, just a personal thing. Yeah. So can, can, uh, you, get, can you get bean sports in the? You probably can't. I don't. Well, you'll definitely oh, yeah, be able to find a stream. No, you're but, not allowed to do that, Jack. But you, no, you no, say Jack. You, you'll be able to find a stream, but the BT Sports will obviously be a lot clearer. Exactly. But yes. Well, Wenger's not going to fail, is he? Because he's just giving commentary, so he's not going to be a specialist in failure <laughs> on good. the television. Like well because, done. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's hope that they don't end up scrapping. No, come on. It's uh, it's yeah. BT Sports. They're fine. They'll be they'll be absolutely they'll we be good. Have, but you know what? One of the best managers in the history of football, didn't he? Yeah. I think he just needed some time to cool off. I think that's all it needed. Just the away from management, he's had he's had time to cool off, and now. But will he be able to resist having a dig? No, I hope not. Will he be able to resist having a dig? I hope not. Yeah, well, that's probably what people are watching for. So, uh, no, good for good for, good for him. But also, I mean, in all seriousness, you know, and again, I've got to be really careful about how I say this, but you know, BT Sport, I don't know who's going to be giving the. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but but actually, the, the punditry in, in yeah, in the, in uh, on the game itself though, then you know the commentary yeah. or the punditry. yeah yeah the commentary. Who, who's the best? Who's the best out there in your opinion? I, I, I don't know. Robbie Robbie Savage. Absolutely, not. <laughs> absolutely not on any level. He was dreadful for the Europa League. Yeah, you're but right. He's good on the radio. Yeah, you're right. I mean, in the studio, yeah, these two are going to be better than. Than, than what BT You'd Sport. expect BT Sport. Well, they'll they'll they, give great they, insights. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, you know, these these guys have you know. I'd be surprised if BT Sport isn't Lineker, Ferdinand, Jermaine Genus. I right. don't know who the other one will be, but they normally got four. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Other Jose Mourinho. Yeah. Other Arsene Wenger. Yeah. No. no. Well, Wenger picked up. He picked up an award, didn't he, Chelsea? Yeah, it was the Lifetime Achievement Award at the Laureus World Sports that he picked up back in February. Yeah, good job. Yeah. Some big winners of that. Yeah. Pele's won it. Johan Cruyff won it. Steve Redgrave. So it's not obviously just football. Right, OK, yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, Bobby Charlton, Nicky Lauder. Excellent. Yeah, very yeah. tough. Yeah, so, good. Yeah, good. That's quite a thing, I think. Yeah, well, good for him because it is a lifetime achievement. Yeah. He's, he's, you know, he's, what is he now? 70, isn't he? Yeah, yeah but he, yeah. you know, you could argue that he transformed, you know, he was the, the father of modern football in, in a slightly different way to say to me like Johan Cruyff, but mm. yeah, well deserved, mm. I think. I yeah. wouldn't even say it's an argument. He transformed the Premier League when he came. He did. Yeah, no, I well agree. Done. Yeah, well deserved. Well done. And his, his big prizes, he gets to sit next to Jose Mourinho. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The special one. That's fair enough, in yeah. my opinion. Come on then, predictions for the uh, the weekend then, for the uh, the final. James, you start. Well, my oldest son supports Liverpool, so oh. I would obviously have to say Liverpool. But, and Jack and I were talking about this earlier, just as he was putting his bet on, um, <laughs> that uh, I think I think Pochettino is, is an inspirational manager. Mm. And I think that Tottenham are one of those teams that can afford to go behind to Liverpool. Mm. If Liverpool score in the first 15, 20 minutes, I think they could, I think Tottenham could go two behind to Liverpool and still come back and win. You know, particularly if it's in the, if, if it's two nil at half time. If it's two nil at half time, Jack's bet is off. He's, you're done, aren't you? Because well, I think that's not my, my big one. But yeah, but you know, so I think, I think it'd be really, really interesting. I think Tottenham and Pochettino have got the ability to, to work Liverpool out. And to and to beat them, I do. Mm, mm. But I have to support Liverpool for family. Um, well done. Predicted score. Um, for family, the family predicted score is is probably something like two one Liverpool. My predicted score is, I think it could be three two Tottenham. Nice. That's, so you, you see, really, what you really think is three two Tottenham. Yes. So we'll, we'll, we'll cut it out there. Yeah. Steve. 
Okay, well, I went two all after extra time. Penalties, Liverpool. I don't think they'll get that far. I think I, I, I want Spurs to win, but I think looking at it from recent form, um, from the whole season, I think Liverpool will be 2 0 or 3 0 winners. Chelsea? <laughs> Mine's a fairly uneducated guess. Go on then. It's all right. Well, on, you then. probably get your point. Yeah, yeah, I'll put it. a bet on with whatever I you say. Be, I want to say Spurs. Score? Um. 2-1. Okay, we'll, stick that. we'll do that as a charity yeah, we'll, then. We'll yeah, charity one. Ten, ten or an quid on, Ten quid on yeah. and see 2-1 and see Spurs. Mm-hmm. Ten we'll, quid. We'll Which an, charity? We'll announce the charity next week. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll announce the charity. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. good idea. Great stuff. All right, guys, well, good one. Now we've got Moneyball quote and then uh, this is a good one. Jack, you pulled this one out of the bag and I think because you did, you should say it. Okay, well, obviously it's related to the Champions League final and the quote is, I hate losing more than I love winning. Yep. Which yeah. I think is fair enough. Nice quote. Yeah, I nice think that, quote. I think that applies to both Klopp and Pochettino. Yeah, very yeah. pertinent. Yeah, well done. Good lad. Good stuff. Great stuff. Well, guys, enjoy. I'm sure everybody will be uh, watching something in sport this weekend. So whatever you're doing, I hope... Uh, yeah, it's uh, the Giro d'Italia's finishing. Giro d'Italia's finishing. We've got cricket on. We've yeah. got, yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously, motor racing. Roland Garros is on, isn't Roland it? Roland Garros is on. So uh, there's plenty, lots and lots happening. But uh, hey, certainly for the football and certainly for the fans that have travelled out there, Uh, We wish everybody well and uh, have a great weekend. Hope your team wins and uh, we'll uh, be speaking to you next week.